Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best neckwear. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. All right, before we begin and really dig into this, there are a couple things that we have to sort of clear the docket of, but... I want to start with, can you pronounce the name of the person who suggested this? I'm going to spell it for you. Coming in hot. Hi, Hal, first of all. Nice yes, to see hello. you. First name is John. The last <laughs> name is spelled thusly. Okay. okay? I'm going to yeah. spell it. I will repeat the spelling. We'll do it like a spelling bee, okay? But like kind of an words. opposite spelling bee where you spell yes. the word and then I say what the word is. Yes. Okay. okay. Am I allowed to write this down as you no. spell it out? No. You're not allowed to write it down in a spelling bee either. You have to just stand there. And take it. Here we go. And, li- and cut my hand over my mouth a few times. Correct. T-S-C-H-I-G-G-F-R-I-E. Shigfree. That's what I think it is, too. I yeah. think it's Shigfree. All right. That's my guess. Or Shigfry. Shigfree and Roy. Or Shigfree. John, 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 Shigfree. John, 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 Shigfree. Uh, it's exactly. opera day on We Got This with Mark and Hal. So we were just talking about this before we started. This was pitched to us by John, 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 Shigfree as a best men's netwear. But that seems uh, pretty gendered. So we're going to talk about things that have traditionally been men's neckwear. Through the years, but anyone can everybody. wear them and for everybody. Yeah. These are for everyone. Neckwear for everyone. I'm, oh, I, but I will say though, Hal. Neckwear for everyone. I think some of these things, I think they, I'm, I'm not saying that they're gendered. I'm saying these things are either for everyone or some of these things are for nobody. Because uh-huh. there is some neckwear out there that is like, when was the last time you saw someone wearing a classic rough? I'm not saying it's wrong or right that nobody is wearing the classic rough. The rough is the full, stiff, oh, like, like Shakespearean. Shakespearean. Yeah. Uh, the last person I saw where it was New Zealand. <laughs> Same person that everybody's seen wearing it. It's sure, New throwing Zealand. his fish around. Or Kate Blanchett in Elizabeth. Well, Queen. that's a period piece. That doesn't count. I mean, I mean someone like Al- who was okay. living in the real world, like New Zealand, the Muppet. Yeah, exactly. So all we're doing is establishing. We know what mm. category you're asking about, John. Yeah. And that is what we're going to select from. So we're not including jewelry. We Everybody knows when you talk about this type of neckwear, there is a specific category we are working in. Right. Everything from a formal tie to a scarf to a bolo. To an ascot to a cravat to a rule, I think it's called. A what? It's some sort of weird. Dude, I went down a rabbit hole of very, very ASMR sounding British dudes all afternoon telling me about assorted. Mostly, it seems like all of these were either invented by Brits or the art of tying them was perfected by Brits. (laughs) Now, I'll have you know this image you're looking at is a mirror image. So try to put your hands where I've got mine. I spent the afternoon listening to these Brits, and now I want to go to a fancy store and buy all kinds of neckwear that makes me look like a 1920s movie director, minus the jodhpurs. You can come to purchase any of the neckwear featured on this channel at 
Lord Neckington's House of Finery. On Savile Row, but not the Savile Row that everybody knows, a smaller one in Stratford-upon-Kent-upon-Whitfordshire, inside Dulrang. Hello, um, I'm here for your shop. This is the Savile Row with four L's in Savile, yes? Yes, welcome in, and thank you. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe here in person about this store. Oh, right. Um, well, I like it. It's nice. Um, everything's so dusty here. We're closed. Oh, my. Um, do you have a favorite neckwear, Hal? You are yes. famously the guy in Thrilling Adventure Hour who enjoyed wearing a suit the least. Hate dressing up. <laughs> Hate it. I appreciated it more. Sure. Well, you know what? Part of it was I was not comfortable with my own body. So when mm-hmm. I was slimmer, I was happy to wear a suit. I was yeah. like, I look dashing. Then it got to a point of like, it hurts my neck when the tie is on it. Oh, Maybe sure. I could do like a, like DiMaggio would sometimes wear a tie, would sometimes do like the open collar kind of mm-hmm. cool like businessman after hours and i would do that sometimes but yeah i like i like to i do like to be dressed up a lot more than i did when i was a kid you got to do what i do man i have this thick neck you got to get those little pieces of elastic yeah where yeah, you yeah. can make the collar wider if you haven't because you oh, know I shirts know they, the, so the shirts with numbers in the labels those are great you can get your shirts with numbers in the labels and get those specified to however you want but mm-hmm. a shirt that just says small medium or large no one expects this giant neck to come through the way that it comes through. <laughs> yeah. Look at that neck on that Look guy. At the, I, I mean, I'm full grimace, baby. Paint me purple and put me in McDonald land. Look at that chode of a neck. Well, hey, now it, now you're just being hurtful. No, it's good. <laughs> oh, a chode of a neck is good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> just like, you know, like a little, I don't know, chungus neck. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. It's a good neck. I don't hey, think. Hang on, hang on one second. Oh, he's gonna go cry. Uh, while he goes, I will say that I have primarily worn neckties, but I don't think that that's my favorite. Now, don't tell Mark; he's not wearing his headphones. So this is between you and me, you, the people listening to this, and me, who is waiting for Mark to come back. I'm gonna describe what his entire apartment looks like. There's a lot of equipment up. Clearly, he's been filming. I see the television on the wall. That's the same place it's been since he's moved in there. And there's a couch. And I think someone's at his door. He's conducting a full transaction in the middle of this recording at his front door. I'm not near my front door. So if somebody knocks, they're going to slowly turn into a skeleton out front unless they just leave on their own. And who really, if you're a delivery person, who's going to stay there in front of the front door just because something is not been delivered yet. I mean, that would just be ludicrous. However, there are jokes, including the one I told as a youth on television, that also appeared in the electric company. I hadn't realized this. I wonder if that's where my mother saw it, was in the electric company, because it is the exact same, including somebody just keeling over in the middle of the joke. I told this joke at five years old on a stage, and the same thing happens in the electric company. All right, Mark is back. I will say my favorite piece of neckwear is not the necktie that I would normally wear. Mm-hmm. It's not something I think I would even wear at all. Really? Yeah. Do you What's want me to your, tell you? Yeah, well, then, no, no, I, I want to see over the, the winter. course of this. I don't think it's the winter. I just like it. I'm curious now because it's one that, okay, let's see if I can guess. It's one that you would not wear. Correct. So any of them are on the list I don't at this like point. this. I resent what you're saying. I know. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Um, I, I would like my say. My food tan and my neck empty. 
I'm going to guess your favorite mm-hmm. that you would never wear. Correct. And you're a guy that likes variety and toys and tactile things. Uh-huh. I'm going to guess a bolo tie is your favorite. That is my least favorite. Really? Because you can change around the little medallion on it and you can I do. Don't, I don't little... think it. I don't think here's the secret of the of the bolo tie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it looks good on anybody. Oh, I think it looks good on um, uh, like a, on like a Barry square Corbin. dance collar. Or yeah, like Barry Corbin yeah. when he's playing a cowboy. In exactly. Movie. Whoever is opposite Annie Oakley and Annie Get Your Gun. I'm not a fan. This is my opinion you're yeah. asking. Did you ever have a bolo tie? Opinion? No. I had a never. bolo tie as a kid. Of course you did. Yeah. We, we in Tennessee. I did. And we would go line dancing at the Cotton Eye Joe and I'd wear my bolo tie. Of course you would. And your yeah. boots? And those little metal tips that you put on your collar mm-hmm. that sure. uh, make your collar lay down flat. I don't hate those, by the way. Uh, no, of course you don't. Yeah. I hate them. That's my job. Why do you hate those? Those will just keep your collar down and your collar from flipping up on you. It's just too much. It feels like a Gilded Age kind of thing. Like, I'm going to put some lead on my collar because I'm one of the richest families in New York (laughs) and I have to show off. I shall show you that how how impervious to lead I am. Look at this. This Look at this old boy. Look at this lead right by my mouth. (laughs) I'm not even changing colors. I'm generally, I think, more of a flashy guy than you, sure. like jewelry and clothing and stuff wise. Yeah. I think my favorite out of all of these, and I really did look into buying them. I'm, rough. I'm a, is the rough is hilarious. The rough, I want the rough to come back. The rough only functions now. The only people who wear roughs are dogs and they've been modified to prevent them from biting themselves. <laughs> is that what you think? The dog cone is the modern extension of the rough. This is, just, this is just you freestyling. You have this is me freestyling. I've sure. absolutely nothing then to back this I up. I support you 100%. But one thing I do have to back me up in a lot of this, Hal Lublin, uh-huh. is a little bit of research. Do you want to know what my favorite is? By the way, you said what you. No, was. I told you I wanted to. I wanted to over the course oh, of this see if I could guess it. Okay. Do you want to tell me what your favorite you is so we can get, just talk your, about your it? First guess was terrible. So my first guess was great. How all right? You, the ascot. No, you picked the thing I you you were trying to guess the thing I like the most, and I picked and the picked thing you like the, the least that I like the least. Are you saying I don't know guess. you? I'm saying that's a bad guess. I'm not saying you don't know me. Is it the Colonel Sanders tie? It is the Colonel Sanders. Tie. Is it the string tie? It's the string tie. <laughs> I love a string tie. <laughs> hey, I got it on my second one. You did. It makes me think of chicken. That's why. That is the only reason why. I also think it like maybe it's, I, I the look of it is hilarious to me because it looks like. It looks like you're you're practicing tying your shoes around your neck, like you're using <laughs> your neck for shoe practice. And so I really enjoy that because you're making just a big bow. Yeah. But I also feel like I would associate it with some terrible things in history. Oh, sure. There's never been a protagonist in a play that yeah. wore that tie. Yeah, that's a villain tie. Yeah. That's definitely a villain tie. It's also a very 1800s tie. So the, we've got yeah. ties going back a long way. I mean, Colonel Harlan Sanders was was 20th century. Colonel Harlan Sanders was mid 20th century, but he was hearkening back to the Twain era. And I mean, he was an anomaly. Didn't Boss Hogg also wear a string tie? I thought I Boss imagine? Hogg just wore a straight up white suit with a white tie. White Maybe vest. he did. I feel like I, I, I want him to have worn a string tie. And that's what it is. Sure. You want Boss Hogg to be Colonel Sanders. Yeah, he's dressed like the guy who's going to wind up in mud. 
And you, <laughs> yeah, that's the reality of how he's dressed. <laughs> that he's going to chase yeah. them Duke boys. And then he's going to wind up in the mud and his cigar's going to get smushed. Uh, of course. Because if you wind up in the mud and you're a bad guy, your cigar always gets smushed. And Flash would be there licking his face. Yep. And you get like to take that. your hat off your head and smack Roscoe P. Coltrane with it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, ridiculous. So let's think about what, what do you think the major contenders are for best neckwear? Obviously, the modern necktie. Yep, that's one. I think we have to look at some going throughout history and some that have made it all the way through history up to now. I'm looking at you, the bandana. Mm-hmm. And I'm also looking at you, the cravat, which yeah. nowadays, for those who don't know, which included me until just a couple of hours ago when a British man told me all about how to do it. Uh, an ascot goes on the outside of your shirt and is held with a pin. So your collar is underneath it. A cravat goes underneath your shirt. So if you see people who you have like an open shirt and then the what looks like an ascot underneath that, that in modern parlance is a cravat. But the cravat goes way, way back 300 years to the Croats, uh-huh. uh, Croat mercenaries from Croatia, Bosnia, and I think Hungary, they said, that whole area. Uh, and that's where they get the name cravat from a uh, sort of a bastardization of Croat because they were the first ones to wear them. And not only did they fight on the French side in the war that they fought with them in whatever this war was in the 1600s, 30 years war, mm-hmm. but they were on the German side as well. So neckwear like this exploded throughout Europe at the same time because both sides of the army had hired the same mercenaries who wore these things on their neck. What you're saying is, from your description before, a cravat mm-hmm. is like an ascot with a secret, because it's hiding from you. That's right. Yeah. Do I sound like I'm doing something? I think I just... I think my throat is just weird. Did I sound like I was doing a thing? Because <laughs> I know before I was like, uh-huh, but it came out like... Uh-huh. It came out... It came out like Sling Blade. It Look, did. If you're having throat issues, you know what you could do? How you could wrap it up in a cravat. <laughs> you know, soak a cravat in Vicks VapoRub. <laughs> and then uh I'm not ashamed of yeah. my ascot. It will sit out loud and proud rather than hiding betwixt my shirt and my bosom. That's fair. But it's not hiding, it's just there and you know it's got though it usually I feel like the yeah, you the modern cravat, the classic yeah. cravat I am all on board for. It kind of started the whole thing. The idea well actually the idea now that I'm jumping on the history train a little bit, the idea of Wearing a scarf as a sign of prestige goes all the way back to Trajan's column in Rome and uh, the first or one of the first sculptures of it, of a uh, scarf being a Roman soldier of higher esteem than the other soldiers within this relief on this column is wearing a scarf. So that dates back to like the year 100 or 200 AD. See, okay, AD. Uh, we're, yeah. we're common error. I, 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 to me, it seems like it would be a sign of I have money, aka status, because mm-hmm. I can afford extra fabric for a scarf. Interesting. That requires fabric that, makes, that you might not otherwise yeah. have. And so it becomes neckwear becomes a status symbol. It still is to the state to wear any kind of neckwear outside of a bullet tie would mean some sort of a status or like fashionable has money yeah. is tr- either either you are dressy or you are attempting to be dressy that's something that's still communicated by the necktie to this day yeah and that and, began and, and that, 
that even predates money, though. The idea of wearing a scarf to delineate your coins, higher status. I, but yeah, but I mean, as far as like the status originally coming from military conquest rather than, you know, the modern concept of a rich person dressing up like a dandy. Right. The dandy we can. Oh, also a uh, mm. quick side note. It did not begin, however, in ancient Rome. A couple of hundred years before that, there are scarves carved into the terracotta army that is overlooking the grave of the first emperor of the Qin dynasty that gave China its name. So they're, they're OG way, way, way back when there are military scarves on some of the terracotta army in there as well. So it's been a sign of prestige for a while. And I kind of love neckwear for the reasons in modern day that it has nothing to do with anything other than flair. You know what I mean? Mm. It serves a tie serves no function except to say, hey, man, I'm just wearing a suit otherwise. So let me put a little flash on this. Let me ask you this, because I know you did research on it Mm -hmm. because I hate to dispute it because I did not do research. But I, as you know, Mm -hmm. I write trivia for a living. You do. Neckwear, not necessarily the scarf, goes all the way back to the Stone Age. Did you know that? I did not know. Yeah, because Fred Flintstone wore ties. Work. <laughs> they all wore ties, and there were stoles and things like that. So there were also scarves then too. Even though sure. we don't have proof, we're fair to assume that that existed as well. Go sure. Ahead. Well, look, they were the but they were the modern Stone Age family. Yeah. So they, they might have been ahead modern. of their time. I don't think everybody had a, a woolly mammoth dishwasher. I think that is really where the modernity came from. There are a lot of people wearing ties there. I know Barney That's keeps true. a little more casual, but. Yeah, you know, Mr. Slate wears. Barney wears tie a little loose. By the way, did you know that it was uh, just George Jetson's birthday a few days ago? I, I did you see that. that? Yeah, I think somebody had a uh, who had a child and named it George with Jetson as the middle name just to make it correct. Probably, I would hope that would happen. Look, I have a friend who named his kid Luke Skywalker, so I hope that someone out there, if they had a baby on July thirty first, named their baby George Jetson. Sure. So let's jump ahead a little ways. We've had some crazy great neckwear through the years. Mm-hmm. The bandana begat the cravat in the 1600s. But then yeah. starting in 1764 mm-hmm. and a group of young British gentlemen who decided that menswear should be simpler, plainer and less restrictive as in the previous century. So they came up with this new look made most famous by Bo Brummel in around the early 1800s, who was this British dandy. He's kind of one of my favorite historical characters, a British dandy whose whole job was just, I'm just going to look fabulous and everyone will dress like me. He was the Paris Hilton of his day. Absolutely. He was a yeah. fashion tastemaker. So when he did something, it was something that everybody followed suit with. I, I do know who you're talking about because I've written about right. him before. Speaking of following suit, here's another wonderful little bit that I found. The Americans were even following suit because this group was called the Macaronis. And the mm-hmm. Brits made fun of the Americans trying to dress dandy and saying that putting a feather in your cap, you could call yourself a macaroni just by doing that. Yeah. So just fun little historical tidbits. But you, Bo Brummel is known for the necktie. Is you didn't you didn't complete what that was the more well, he was known version. he was known for the next scarf he did not in, give us the modern necktie no but it led to that right. that idea of wearing things around your neck more commonly was sort of what precipitated the modern necktie he didn't right. wear a wearing necktie, so wearing smaller things around your neck than Correct. the big flourishy uh, what did they call them stocks before mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. 
so yeah, there've been, they got bigger, they got smaller, they've changed throughout the years. And now we are at, basically we have the necktie, the bow tie, the bolo tie, the cravat, and the ascot would be the modern versions. Does that sound about right? That sounds about right to me. I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. Mm -hmm. We've established the players. Yeah. Given some background. Now let's dig into them. We'll figure out which one will reign supreme in this episode. But first, let's hear from some of the other fine shows on the Max Fun Network. Might just be your lucky day. We'll be right back. Ooh. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't. Rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a psychic. My name is Psychic Carrie. I'm yes. Ross. Oh, what a pleasure to meet you. Of course, I knew your name was Ross, as I am a psychic. But please, take a yeah. seat. Well, I was hoping we, we, hoping could, talk we could talk about my, my podcast. podcast. Yes, I know. It's called Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Yes. We investigate from uh-huh. science, spirituality, uh-huh. and claims uh-huh. of the paranormal. Normal. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. This whole podcast, it sounds like it's been a real challenge for you lately. Well, actually, it's a lot of fun. Yes, exactly. Because it's so fun. I don't know how you do it. This will be $75. Okay. That seems fair. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie. At MaximumFun.org. You knew it was a .org. I have a gift. And we're back. All right. Now it's time to talk about the modern necktie. Uh. Starting in the 1870s, the necktie began, and we have not looked back since. Because we returned to salt. That's right. Exactly. Somebody knows his Bible, and that somebody is Hal. So, yeah, we've mentioned that the contenders are the modern necktie, the bow tie, the ascot, the cravat, and the bolo. Mm -hmm. And I would also include in that, and I think I could make a strong case for the bandana as neckwear. You mean, uh, oh, sure. I think a bandana is, I mean, a, a tied scarf bandana you know, that makes you look like um, Peter Bogdanovich making your movies. <laughs> but generally, we associate that with cowboys, and we know why they had bandanas. Because uh, of sweat, I would imagine. sweat, and you could pull it over your mouth. For so, dust. Uh, for dust and dirt. So it had a... Pr- and also for trainer robin And for trainer robin yeah. Right, yeah. So I would argue that the bandana, while the least formal of these... I think has a good claim to be the number one because it's kind of the only one that also has a function as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, but by that, wouldn't you say like a bib? Because you work around your neck and it keeps the lobster. Um, you know what? We very well might end up having lobster bib. No, how? Okay. Well, then I guess lobster bib. Because we have changed it from men's neckwear to neckwear, we are no longer specifically talking about men, and nor are we specifically talking about adults. So I might argue that the best neckwear is one of those rubber bibs that has the little scoopy okay. bowl in it sure. to hold all the oh. Cheerios that drop yeah. out of your mouth. Yeah. 
You can just tilt it up when you're done, like the paper from a Taco Bell taco. Just tip that whole thing up toward your mouth and, you know, knock it all back. Or, or throw it in the trash. Either one. Either one. You could do either one. No, man. That's, that's why would you waste food like that? Oh, look at all that food in your bib. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a waste. I don't know if that's a waste. You went falsetto on me with it. Not that's I a don't know if that's a waste. I don't, I, I, I get the bandana mm-hmm. as neckwear. I don't think it's the best in terms of which has the most utility mm-hmm. for sure. But a bandana. So you're general, saying this is, you're saying this is a form argument I over think, a function argument. I think we're talking about fashion and not function. Okay. Well, it's a good thing it's us then if we're doing a fashion episode. Cause it, uh, you know, otherwise, why not say like dog tags are great because they identify you if you're lost or you fall asleep. Yeah. I mean, look, you. the best neckwear is a life alert because what if you've fallen and you can't get up? Ask the net people yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. The best neckwear is a chef's, is a, I, a chef's whistle, a ref's whistle. No, you know what? I stand a by a whistle. chef's whistle. It's Gordon Ramsay standing in the back of a kitchen blowing a whistle so people will make Wellington's quitter. Yeah. Too many items on the menu. (laughs) I think we're having a discussion of fashion and I, Mm -hmm. I think I know. Well, I, all right. Feels weird talking about this because I am the least fashionable person. We have two (laughs) very good friends who would have been amazing guests for this episode. Mark Evan Jackson and Paul F. Tompkins are not us, Hal Lublin. You and I are both sitting here in print t-shirts. Print t-shirts, Hal. Yeah, but I'm dressed up because this is one of the ones without holes. You know the two <laughs> Night Vale Thrilling Adventure Hour Which of your three shirts is this? And the Thrilling Adventure Hour t-shirt, those three. Oh, no. Do they have holes now? Oh, I, I mean, I tried to throw one out. <laughs> Jennifer stopped me. She's like, no, keep that. Aww. Because she knows that it has meaning. Dude, make also, the blanket. I took all mine and I made the blanket out of it. Oh, no. This blanket would turn to powder <laughs> in, the, in the harsh rays of the sun. There's just no way. I Everything has its place, right? Yeah. I think we're looking for a neckwear that works in multiple situations. Mm-hmm. For example, something that you might wear to a formal event. Mm-hmm. And something that you can dress down and wear to a picnic. And there are a few different neckwears that really fit that. Hold on too. a second. What possible that you could wear to both a picnic mm-hmm. and to a formal event? Those seem like polar opposites. Because if I'm going to a picnic, I'm wearing shorts, I'm yeah. wearing flip-flops, and I'm wearing a t-shirt. You Probably are. a print t-shirt, Hal. Yeah, of course. Do you know two of our friends who would not do that? Yeah. Of course I do. Paul of Tompkins and Mark Evan Jackson. Right. But they're never at the outdoor events we've been to with them. They don't seem overdressed. No, I would argue. I think I might know where you're going with this because I can also think of one of them. I can only think of one, though, that is proper leisure wear as well as as but can also be dressed up to look to fool us into thinking it's formal, even though. By the standards of this British man I talked to earlier, it's only used for informal occasions. I just love that John that is the un- ghost found YouTube. I'm really excited. <laughs> He's pretty great. I mean, I haven't seen John Hausman since Scrooged, so it's yeah. nice. The last time I saw John Hausman, he was sitting, uh, he was America's favorite old fart reading a book next to a yeah. fire with his uh, Walkman in. 
by the way, I follow this British YouTube account. Mm-hmm. He's a barber, and it's ASMR videos of him giving like straight razor shaves. Ooh. It's so good because you get you hear like the mm-hmm. doing the little, and then you see him like massaging. I'm like, oh, I think I've had a straight razor shave maybe twice in my life. They're fun. And yeah. was, the first time I was like 15 in London, mm-hmm. and it, they might as well have just like called it like the who are we kidding shave because there was no hair there to shave. Yeah. Or but you got it. But, but you know what? It. You know, the, that barber was like, all right, this American tool is just, you know, just don't even put a blade on it. Just don't put a blade on it. Just sm- just rub it over his face like when a five-year-old asks their parents how to shave. Just get a butter knife yeah. <laughs> and run it along his cheek. And then as soon as you're like, oi, you see that kid in here? Go to the <laughs> shave. You see him? You seen him? I seen right. him. Uh, what do you think it is? I think it's the bow tie. Interesting. I was going to say the cravat is the one that I could see being both informal and formal. The cravat is the hiding ascot. It's a you don't, hiding Why ascot. do you not like the cravat? I love because the cravat. You can't see it. It's you can see it. A little oh, bit. get out of here. It's tucked in. I like the cravat because it's more out there. I think of more like a wedding, like the cravat that's down there, and it's underneath the vest. Yeah. It's out and proud. To me, I like a bow tie. Mm-hmm. Because to me, a bow tie is very formal. I got married wearing a bow tie. We wore bow mm-hmm. ties for the very last night of the thrilling adventure hour. Yeah. Wore a bow tie to the prom. Yeah, I did. Wore a bow tie to the prom. I, wore I also, tie. one of the proms, I just wore that little, the banded collar with the little medallion on it. Because Tom oh. Hanks had just worn that to the Oscars. Yes. And that was the big thing that year. You remember this? I do remember. I, oh, yeah. I, if there was something that I hated more than the bullet tie. It would it's be just that. the dot, the little medallion yeah, dot. Because we're a, a bow tie. Yeah. What are we doing here? This isn't. We're doing 1996, like man. That's what we're doing here. I don't. It's not for me. It's not for me. That's if fair. you like it, great. Yeah. This is my. This is all my opinion until we render a decision, and then it's fact for everybody. Yeah. Yes, and it becomes fact. But I think a bow tie is something we consider very, very formal. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, you've got. Like kids wear little, you can wear a little bow tie with shorts and stuff. Or like Kevin R. Free, our buddy mm-hmm. from Welcome to Night Vale, he wears bow ties out and about. Yeah. And it's like a really nice look for him. He doesn't look like he's overdressing for everything. It creates a look. Like it, it does. Like I will, feeling. I will agree with you. I think that's a big part of a bow tie. And I think that's one big thing in a bow tie's favor is that you look at a bow tie and somebody's wearing a bow tie. It's unique. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not always expecting a bow tie. So you see someone in bow tie and you're like, oh, bow tie. You know what I mean? I think it's come back in the last, like, maybe 10, 15 years in particular. Yeah. Like, wider spread to, like, this is a wooden bow tie. And these are fun bow ties that it has broken free of maybe the two extremes of, like, a little kid wearing a bow tie. Yeah, first communion. Yeah. And an adult wearing a bow tie for a very dressed up event mm-hmm. to become, like, oh, I wear a bow tie. I wear a bow tie with, like, a paisley shirt and, yeah. like, a cool jacket. Like it, it dresses up and down to me. The ties heyday for that, I think was the eighties when we had those knit ties that were flat bottom. I mean, we still have the flat bottom knit ties. I have a few of them, but their heyday was in the eighties. Sure. The heyday of the giant, super wide, like four and a half inch tie was also the seventies and eighties had like their. Well, in the eighties, then, then they got thin and they got Mm. real thin and they got thicker again. And then they're like sort of a decent size now. Apparently the one that has always been around and always will be around Mm -hmm. is the three and a half inch. 
At its okay. widest, three and a half inch is the classic, and they get wider or narrower, you know, by the season and by the year and by the trend. But three and a half is apparently, yeah, you can't go wrong. Just to me, the bow tie like kind of has like stretched across. Like anybody can wear it; it looks good on anybody. Yeah, it can be dressed up or dressed down. I think, though, the bow tie has a black sheep in the family. There's a Roger Clinton in the bow tie family. Is a Billy Beer hiding somewhere? There is a Billy Beer hiding somewhere, and that is the clip-shut, pre-tied bow tie. You know, some of us don't know how to tie a bow tie and have only ever mm-hmm. worn... You're talking about, I mean, there's one that clips onto the collar and there's one that's pre-done. That has the, yes, that goes. That's what they, you're talking about. The one that, either one. The one that, let's be honest, both of us probably wore to our proms. And Thrilling Adventure Hour. And Thrilling Adventure Hour. And my wedding. And your wedding. But I think those in particular, I think if you're going to be a versatile bow tie person, mm-hmm. I think you're not going to see a clip bow tie out in the wild. You know what no, I mean? No, no, it's way better to tie it. And people who know how yeah. to tie it, I think, is, is so cool. But there are a lot of people who don't know how to tie a necktie either. So, like, the difficulty of tying. Yes, but I think that there are vastly more people who know how to tie a necktie than a bow tie. I would say of the people I know, just generally in my day-to-day life, I'd say 99% of them know how to tie a bow tie. I'd say I can count on two hands the number of people who know how to tie a bow tie. I think that's because the generation that we grew up with, the bow tie mm-hmm. was reserved for very, very special events. Well, sure. To know how to tie one was sort of reserved for people who yeah. grew up fancy or had money, and that's not the case. Or people who are clothes horses, like Mark and Paul. But I think that has shifted. Here's one fact about tying neckties. My father is Ooh. left-handed, mm-hmm. and he taught me how to tie a tie. So he would tie ties on me, mm-hmm. but he would do it left-handed. So it was backwards for me. Interesting. So I tie my tie on myself as if I were left-handed, even though I'm right-handed. If I tie a tie on someone else, I'm tying it the correct way for them. It's mm-hmm. as if my left hand is doing what my right hand should be doing and vice you're versa. Doing, you're so, doing the correct mirror move for them. Just imagine you're, this is, no, I'm mirroring, you're mirroring my hands. I'm mirroring, mirroring your hand. So when I tie a tie on your neck, I'm nude as if I'm using the correct hand. This is very sensual, you tying this tie on my neck like this. How many shades of gray are there? Just answer. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Oh, that's that's the correct number. Now take this necktie off of my neck and put it on my wrists. There we go. Coming up next, a series of mukbang videos of eating jammy dodgers and drinking Earl Grey. This is the Pucky One Chip Challenge. <laughs> Thank you, John Hausman. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, that's quite spicy. I did that burning through the back of my throat, down to my stomach. Oh, oh gosh. Tip of my tongue. Wait, it went from your stomach back up to the tip of your tongue? Don't say it everywhere. Shut up, shut up. Is it yo-yoing, John Houseman? Is it yo-yoing through your body? Shut up, shut up. It's traveling incredible speeds all over my central nervous system, all over my digestive tract. My God, how does your anatomy work, John Houseman? Through the mouths on the tip of my finger. (laughs) Betting, shut up. <laughs> I've evacuated. Oh, oh goodness. Uh can we get John Housen some more pants, guys? We gotta do another take. Nope, leave it. I still have four minutes to go. <laughs> you watch those one chip challenges? No. 
What is the one chip challenge? Hockey makes these chips. They make spicy like ghost pepper chips. And every mm-hmm. once like per year, they come out with like the spiciest ever. It has all of the hottest, whatever, Carolina Reaper, ghost pepper. It's mm-hmm. brought to you in like a cardboard coffin. And then inside oh that, it's gosh. in a vacuum sealed pack. Uh-huh. So you open it up and eat it. And the challenge is to not drink anything, not do anything to relieve the heat for five minutes. Okay. And you will see people suffer. Like I don't want to see people like suffer. Red eyes, tearing, coughing. Like can't <laughs> can't deal with it. You want to see people suffer a little bit. I don't want to see people suffer. Okay. I'm glad they got rid of the rough because people were suffering wearing the rough. How you yeah. see how I brought it back around? Let's they talk about neckwear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So do you think that we have a winner here? Um no? I don't know. The bow tie, I think, is a great contender. Mm-hmm. The I mean, the necktie for its ubiquity, it just seems boring. I want something with a little flash. I want something with a little fun. So maybe you might be right. It might be the bow tie because Mm -hmm. if I'm, you know, I like fashion. I like style. I think it's fun. I like people trying new things and doing interesting, formal and, you know, glitzy uh, met ball and all, uh, you know, uh, fashion in all of its different forms is a lot of fun. So I think that we will wind up with something that has a little more flair to it than just a necktie. And I think um maybe something that doesn't have as much flair as a full-on ascot. Like, I don't know how often I see an actual ascot, except maybe on Paul F. And that's in the most formal of Thrilling Adventure Hours shows. Like, I only, I think you only ever see an actual ascot on a Wayne family butler or a father of the bride. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But a bow tie, it does feel like it's the right amount of, hey, cool, a bow tie, you know? If you want ubiquity, mm-hmm. can I throw out a couple of names? Sure. All right. Donald Duck, Porky Pig, Pinocchio, Boo Boo, Mo Sislak, Pee Wee Herman, Opus T Penguin, just a few bow tie wearing. Is the T and Opus T Penguin the? Yes. That seems like a very bloom thing to do. Yeah, it is. Matt Smith as the doctor. Yeah. Famous bow tie wearer. Winston Churchill wore bow ties. It's a lot of famous bow ties. I don't like a bow tie on myself so much unless I have a vest too, because I feel like there's so much shirt real estate in the front. I get self-conscious if I'm just in a shirt and a bow tie. You would look adorable. Stop it. You don't need a vest. I feel like I need a vest. You're the only one who feels that way. If I'm wearing a bow tie, I feel like I have too much shirt real estate. No, you don't need to do that. I mean, if you want to wear a bandana, you could be like, you know, Yosemite Sam or Tony the Tiger. He wears a bandana. I mean, look, those are the, this, <laughs> this is how we're judging it now. Look, I'm, I'm all just offering for this. it to you. We're just talking about you. No, okay. That's all right. All. I'm just talking about you. If ubiquity. we're talking about famous wearers of them. Okay. Bolo tie. Tommy Lee Jones in one of his early things, probably. Okay. Yeah, um, I like it. Neckties, Gordon Gecko uh-huh. and all of the newscasters. Everyone in the see. office. Everyone in the office. Bow tie, the quirkiest person in the office and boo boo. Also, Yogi Bear. Sure. Wore a necktie. Oh yeah, he did wear a necktie and a co- and just a collar. He was basically yeah. a Chippendale. They were both they were both Chippendales. Yeah, both they just wore collars and neckties. The Chippendales bow ties. Did they? No, they didn't wear any yes. ties. Bow ties. Get out of here. Yeah, Boo Boo had a bow tie. Chippendale had bow tie. As did, as did uh, no the Chippendales. 
Oh, the one word, the the Chippendales. The Chippendales, that's not true. Chippendale. Chippendale did not. Chippendales. The Chippendales do wear bow ties they and collars ties. and surprisingly just cuffs. You know what it feels like the Chippendales are doing? It feels like they're graduating and they're going to pull a prank at the end, but they don't want to give away the thing. So they also have cuffs and collars on. <laughs> Speaking of not giving away things yes. and just having cuffs and collars on. We're forgetting a big one, Hal. We're forgetting the big one. The one that you texted me in all caps this very afternoon. Neck what brace. about <laughs> neck brace? The dicky, Hal. What about right. the dicky? It's just a fake shirt front. It's so good. Sometimes you don't want to wear a whole. Sometimes you just want to stink yeah. up a jacket. Yeah. You ever want to stink up a jacket? You Sometimes you want to wear your sweater, but you don't want the bulk of a shirt underneath it. So you just wear a collar that has either a collar or a turtleneck uh-huh. made famous by Randy Quaid in Christmas Vacation, obviously, who wore a black dickie under a white sweater. Fashion no-no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A dickie is such... You want to talk form and function. I mean, come on. A dickie is both, dude. A dickie is both. Don't you also find it's just cloth deception? That That's true. About, like, yeah. I swear there's a... Do not look underneath the buttons of this of this shirt. Yeah. Do not look. Do not see. It's the Oz Curtain Man of yeah. uh, clothing. We forgot one more that I spent uh, very long. I, I guess there's a lot of specific or there's a lot of job specific ones. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, what about the old priest collar? But then if we're making it job specific, a stethoscope should probably win because that can mm-hmm. save lives. Yes, exactly. Is a stethoscope the best neckwear? No. Okay. I but think it might be the bow tie. As a kid, to be like when you had that Fisher Price set, which like, worked. That was the only Fisher <laughs> Price, yeah. Pretend to be a thing toy that actually worked. So you put that. Look, you you pick up the plastic hammer. You're not a carpenter. You pick up the plastic knife. You're not a chef. But you put on that plastic stethoscope for those few moments. Yeah. You can hear your family member's heartbeat. You can, and then and then you're like, oh, I don't. This sounds irregular. What do I do? Yeah, I don't know. Should we get you to the hospital? All I've done is hear it. Give me your chart. Give me your chart. I have to put some notes in here. Here, have a a Barnum animal cracker. (laughs) This should be good for you. Please hand me that great big crayon over there. Yeah, I need to to write you a prescription. Stethoscope. Of course you can't read it. I'm a doctor. And also, I haven't learned how to write yet. Pliers. (laughs) Rubber duck. Rubber duck. Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, glowworm. glowworm. I got punched in the stomach with a glowworm. By your brother? No, by my dad when he was trying to get my brother and I to stop fighting. I never told you this story. Okay, real quick. My brother and I are fighting and we're in my mm-hmm. sister's room for some reason because uh, we'll fight anywhere. Sure. We're like four and five. My dad comes in and this is not to make my dad sound like a monster. This was it wasn't like, no, it's not like I was getting beaten. But he comes in and he grabs the glowworm and he's gesturing with this glowworm. And he goes, he goes, now, boys, you don't always have to like each other, but you always have to love each other. So I want you to stand right here. He's down on his knees with a glowworm gesturing. He says, you stand right here to Gabe. And then, Mark, you stand right here, gesturing us to either side of him. So he's between us like a referee at the beginning of a fight. Uh And he goes, I want you boys to shake hands. We both stick out our hands to shake hands with one another. And when we do, he goes, thwap, thwap, right in the stomach. Now quit fighting and walks out of the room. And we're like, ah, good one. What a heel. Right? 
I know. And we were like, oh, man, he got us. Having met your dad, that is an entirely plausible story. I yep. don't doubt even the most minute of details that you threw in there. I could not have made those details up. And it was Gina's glow worm. Oh, those things had hard plastic faces yeah. and 3D batteries in them. That's right. Not three-dimensional, three-size D-cell batteries. Are you sure you're not remembering it wrong and it actually was a sock full of quarters? You know what? It might have been a sock full of quarters. Also, it was not my dad. It was my warden, and it was not my brother. It was my cellmate. That's mm, what it was. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, Anyway, I think it's the bow tie, Hal. I do, too. People of the world, you can dress it up. You can dress it down. It's for everybody. Everybody looks great in a bow tie, either for a dressy occasion or just like kind of being cool. I kind of wish I wore bow ties more. Maybe I should learn to tie a bow tie. I bet you I could learn how to do it from that boring British guy. Hal, you want to race? Yeah. Let's both learn how to tie bow ties. All right. You win. You, I guarantee you, you will know how to do it tomorrow and I will forget. And then a month later, you'll be like, let's, all right, you, let's do it. We'll do it online. I'll be like, oh no. No, I but I don't have a bow tie that can be tied. I'm just going to have to use, I don't know, paper towels, like wet paper Coffee towels. Filters. People of the world, the best neckwear is the bow tie. Get yourself a bow tie. Enjoy a bow tie for any occasion, anywhere. Even if you're going to boo-boo it, you can still wear a bow tie. Asked and answered. Well, this is topic. <laughs> well, this talk. is topic. This is topic. This topic is closed, and what a delight. And the next time I see you, I want both of us to be wearing bow ties, Hal. Sure. There are many more topics to discuss, so please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Talk about the neckwear that you wear every day. You can share pictures if you're comfortable doing that. Facebook.com slash group slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who does all sorts of wonderful shows of his own. You can see everything he's doing over at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Also, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for whom Hal and I would get dressed up in our absolute finest any day of the week and keep it casual or keep it formal with you. We don't care as long as we're with you and you're with us and we're having a great time talking about the things that are most important in the whole world. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. We got this. That was sexy. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.